Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Thursday, the Lord spoke something into my spirit. I didn't know who it was for or what it was for. But he assured me this morning in study that it was for this church. There's somebody here tonight. You need the mercy of God. The word excuse means to regard or judge with forgiveness or indulgent, pardon or forgive. Overlook a fault, overlook an error. Excuse means to offer an apology for, to seek to remove the blame of. Excuse means to serve as an apology or justification. Excuse. That's why we say excuse me for stepping in front of you. Forgive me for interrupting you. Tonight, I've come to talk to somebody. John 4, 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water. I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go. He set her up. He set her up. Go, call thy husband, and come hither. Before I give you what I'm going to give you, you go call your husband. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast said well, or well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not Thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is other Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. I want to preach this thought tonight. Excusing 
the inexcusable. Excusing the inexcusable. You may be seated. Verse 24 says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. You don't have to wait for the Messiah to show up. You are sitting on the curb of a well talking to the Messiah. Amen. This lady was not a model citizen. She wasn't a very good wife, apparently, because she had been married five times. Now, we look down her nose. Just let me give you a little something. We look bad at this lady, but if she had been an adulterer, she would have been dead. Samaritans and Jews had the same judgment for adultery. But they could also put her away for the hardness of the heart. Well, she might not have been able to cook good. Get rid of her. She was not a model citizen. She had been married five times. She was, she was a, a lady that I'm sure had a name in town. She can't keep a husband. She's not a very good wife. Amen. But still, she's got a past. Yet she was still used of God. He said, you go call your husband. She said, I don't have one. He was the first thing that God wants us to do before he can put anything in us is to come clean with him. It's to tell him the truth. I come to tell somebody tonight that when you tell God your ailment and your issue, he will excuse the inexcusable. <laughs> the things that we look at, well, Hallelujah. Jesus met this lady on her level. One of the things that we're guilty of in church, and everybody says, well, you Pentecostals. No, I got friends that are Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, non-denominal, all them kind. They judgmental too. They look down their nose too. Well, do you know what kind of person? I, I can't believe that you're sitting there talking to a woman that's had five husbands and she's shacked up with another one. I just don't think that Brother Beard ought to be talking to somebody like that or teaching somebody like that a Bible study. Man, they would put us out of the UPC for sitting somewhere by ourselves with a woman with that kind of history. Y'all don't got quiet. What's wrong? The mic ain't working? Jesus, yeah, they'll take a card from you because you don't look right. you got a bad testimony. He's sitting there in the middle of nowhere talking to a woman that's in trouble. But little did she know that the Messiah, the one that walked on water, the one that raised the dead, the one that opened the blind eyes, he said, he that speak unto you, I am he. I have come to excuse the inexcusable. 
She went back to town and told them, hey, y'all come see a man that told me everything I did. You know, I'm going to tell you, good God Almighty, the people that are the most thankful for what God has done for them are the ones that has been from the worst part of life that has came from the dregs of hell and God has saved their soul. Well, I've never done anything like that. I'm fifth generation Pentecost. And? I'm going to get on us in a minute. Trust me. Lord, have mercy. My, the lady that taught Sunday school, that teaches Sunday school in my church, her and her husband are preachers. They pastored Assembly of God churches for 40 years. They came, they helped us start the church. Preachers that knew them in the air was like, you know they're Trinitarian. I'm like, yep. But they sure know how to help build a church. They've been painting. They've been tearing out walls. They came and helped me for about six months, and they left. Right. year later, they show back up on Easter. I just walked up to him and said, it is so good to see y'all tonight. God bless you, man. How you doing, bro? God bless you. And that's all I did. And you know what? They came back Tuesday night. It's okay. Then they came back the next Sunday. I said, okay. And they paid tithe. I said, hallelujah. And I walked up to them and said, I ain't now at the church. I said, you got to tell me what's going on. You left me. And I'm glad you backed me and you ain't got no problems. You left me right. You told me you were leaving and you had no issues with us. I said, but what's the real issue? She started crying. She said, because we were struggling with one God, but while we were gone, the Holy Ghost began to reveal unto us there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and we ain't going nowhere. He knows how to excuse the inexcusable. You gotta give God time to work. I'm my Sunday school teacher. When Jesus is approached by some guys that's trying to trick him, they send him, Master. This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou, O rabbi? What you going to do, pastor? They made a mistake. You ought to kill them. He stoops down and takes his finger and begins to write in the dust. I know I've preached along these lines here, but I'm, I'm going somewhere tonight. He stoops down and wrote on the ground as though he heard him not. This, they said, tempting him. 
they were t- why? Because if he said stone them, then Roman law overruled the law of the Jews because in, under Roman law, they could not execute people on religious grounds. So if he said, don't execute her, you got to show her according to the Roman law, then he's caught both ways. He didn't say nothing. I tell you what I think he did. He knelt down and he started writing their names down. Call Beard. Bill Yates. And started putting dates and times of when they failed, when they made a mistake, when they lusted, when they done things. He said, oh, you, you, you want to talk? You want to drag this woman to me? Where's the man that she was with? Where's the other party? What are you doing, Jesus? I am excusing the inexcusable. They, hey, one by one, they drop the stones and they walk out. And he looks up and he said, woman, where are thine accusers? She said, I have none. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. What are you doing, Jesus? I'm excusing the inexcusable. You don't know what they did. Y'all do. I'm God. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Those guys that drug you up here, they couldn't condemn you after I wrote what I wrote. He said, so I'm not going to condemn you. Am I condoning adultery? No. Was Jesus? No. Do you know what they did? The same Bible that says that adulterers shall have their part in the lake of fire is the same thing as his liars, thieves, whoremongers, fornicators, adulterers shall have their part in the lake of fire. Now watch this. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and save. Everybody say, seek and save that which was lost. He didn't just come to seek and save souls. He came to seek and save lost things. I've lost my joy. I come to save it. I've lost my testimony. I come to save it. I've lost my prayer life. I come to save it. I lost my victory. I come to seek and save. He didn't just come to save lost souls. He came to save your life, your testimony, your health, your deliverance. He came to seek and save the lost things. You do know what they did. Yeah. You do know I'm Messiah, right? 
I know all things. Jesus is a seeker of lost things. His sole purpose was to save the world. What do you think happens when you come to an altar and say, forgive me, when you've done the inexcusable, when you've committed sins that would make a sailor blush? But yet you come to Jesus and you say, y'all come see a man who told me everything. The whole city followed her out there. She turned the whole city upside down. I'm ready for God to send some folks that's been married five, six times that says, hey, y'all got to come to Center Point. Y'all got to come to the Pentecostals of Port Allen. And let me tell y'all about a church that loves me. I tell you what I love so much about our new our church. I ain't got a bunch of old deadheads in there that's judgmental about everything I preach, everything I do, everything I say. They ain't judgment. They ain't fighting over who can sing and who can't sing. They're not arguing over who's going to take the offering up. I love it. They just want to come to church and worship God. They they don't know nothing but loving Jesus. They don't know nothing. They ain't worried about you playing the bass better than them. They just glad you let them in the front door, man. They come to worship God. They're like babies. Babies are not prejudiced. I watch my little grand boys. They don't know. They don't know the difference between a Japanese, Chinese, Hispanic, black, white. It don't matter. They play with. That's the way new converts are. They don't care. They don't care what color y'all, what you look like, what you smell. They're just glad to be here. They Get over yourself. The Bible says in Luke 15, now listen to me. I've been preaching a little while. Preach a few years, and I've never heard this. I've never saw this. If you have, great. But driving down the road Thursday morning early, my mind was deep into all the things we had going on and everything I had to do, the jobs I had to be at, the church doing this. Preacher coming here, prayer meeting Thursday night. And the Lord brought a story to me on the prodigal son. I want you to listen to me. We know the story of the prodigal. He left the father's house. He gets his inheritance, he goes out, and he wastes it. He wastes it. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Verse 16, and he would fain, he desired have filled his belly, everybody say, with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father. And I will say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He was a failure. He humiliated his family. Jewish culture would have stoned him for coming back. He humiliated the family. He rebelled against the family. And, and Jesus is telling this parable. Well, it's a story. What, what, whichever you want to call it, that's okay. But he was telling this parable of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son, listen to this. He was a failure, but he had enough faith to believe that when I get out of this pig pen and I go back to my daddy's house, he's going to forgive me. The failure had faith. He didn't have evidence. He had hope. The failure said, I'm going home to daddy's house. And the Lord spoke these words to me. He said, I want you to look up what husk means. Well, I'm a, I'm a farmer's kid. I kind of know what husk is. But the definition is an outer layer, a shell, an emptied shell remnant. He said, I don't know who this is for tonight, but God told me to tell it. He said, you tell center point. The problem with prodigals is when they get hungry, they have a choice to eat the empty shells of husk. They can go find them a religious organization and partake of the husk that is the shell of religion. Or they can choose to get up and go to the Father's house where the bread of life is. I'm not settling for the husk. I want the bread. I want the bread. There is no sweet aroma to the stinking husk of religion. But honey, when the bread's in the oven, oh, you can smell it. It fills the house up. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm not going to stop at the pig pen and eat the empty shell of religion. I'm going to go back to the Father's house. Let me tell you something. The reason why some prodigals don't come all the way back to what we are is because when they go eat daddy's bread, they got to go back to what daddy taught. Because daddy didn't change. He stayed home. He stayed constant. He stayed the same. The house rules were still there. And the prodigal said, I'm going back to what I came from. I'll eat his bread. I'll adhere to his doctrine. The old man is standing on the porch. And here he comes. He said, Father, I'm not worthy to be thy son. He said, just make me one of the higher service. He said, hey, uh-uh. you go get him the best robe. You go kill a fatty calf. My son was dead. 
He's now alive. What are you saying, you crazy old man? I'm excusing the inexcusable. You don't want to forgive him, but I've been praying about this. I don't care how much shame is involved in me letting that boy come home. Where's the clock at? Okay. But there's another prodigal. I'm fitting to get on him. He said, what's all this noise? What's this I hear? Somebody says, well, your brother come home. And they're having a party. And he was angry. And he goes to his dad and says, you never killed me a fatty cat. You never done that for me. He was a prodigal. And this prodigal here is like those that stay in church all their life. They dress right, they look right, they play the part, but they're husk. They're just an empty shell of religion. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Honey, if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit operating inside of you. I don't care how much you talk in tongues. You are nothing but an empty shell. You are a husk of religion. You, hey, I know I've shelled probably 500 bushels of peas and butter beans. Honey, I ain't eating no shell. I want the fruit that comes out of them purple hull peas and them butter beans. I want the fruit of the Spirit coming out of my life. I don't want to be an empty shell of husk that the pigs... The pigs won't even eat the husk. But the prodigal wants to go home. We got to have bread. So when you see the prodigal come in, you know she slept with so-and-so, right? Whose business is that? Yo, guys up in tongues, I'm going to send you to hell faster than her adultery. I'm sorry. I told our people, so I can handle a lot of stuff. But I said, the moment that people in this church start gossiping, we're going to have problems, bad problems, bad, 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 bad problems. Because gossip murders people. Gossip destroys life. There's a man, he's a preacher. He used to be a buddy of mine. He ain't talked to me in over a year. You know why? He called and told me some garbage on another buddy of mine. I said, man, you better call and tell him what you heard. 
Because I know that's a lie. Oh, I can't do that, Brother Yates. If somebody tells me you run out with a redhead in a Corvette, I'm calling your phone. I'm like, hey, cuz, where you at? Driving down the road in this old Chevrolet truck, Ford, whatever he's got. Where's your wife at? Right here beside me? Well, that was a lie. That's how I handle that kind of stuff. I told him, I said, man, you got 30 minutes to call this preacher and tell him what you just told me. Oh, I ain't doing it. I said, you coward. But yes, me and you's friends. I said, we finna not be friends. He wouldn't call him. I called the guy up. I said, this is what's being said about you. And he says, oh, my God. He said, hold on. He said, and the guy told me, he said, well, he, he, he done this, he done that, and his wife's fixing to leave him. And he's out in so-and-so, and he's, she's already packed her stuff and left. I called him up and said, hey, man, where's your wife at? He said, oh, no, I think she's at home cooking supper. Why? I said, call her, get on the phone. He said, hey, well, yes, he said, I'm cooking you supper, crazy. You ain't packed your bags headed to Louisiana yet, have you? He said, she said, what am I going to Louisiana for? We out here. He started telling her. She's like, oh, my God. I called a dude back. I said, partner, you better get a hold of your junk. You better shut your wife's mouth and shut your mouth. I don't play that. But you know what I told him? I said, if you did do that, there's a church in Port Allen. The doors are open to you, and you can come sit in my church, and we will restore if that happened. But I know you better than that. You know what it come out? It all came out that it was a lie. He still won't talk to me. I don't know why, but Carl, I don't know why he won't talk to me. Excusing the inexcusable. We have to be willing. To allow God to forgive who he wants to forgive. We have. My Lord, I got to obey the Holy Ghost. The Lord just reminded me of something. Can I obey the Holy Ghost? What's your daughter's name? Melissa, come here. I got a word for you. It's a good word, too. God have mercy. You're a school teacher, right? I know that because that God didn't show me that. I know that because we're friends and you're friends on Facebook. And I know you're a school teacher. But this is what the Holy Ghost talked to me tonight. He said, You fix and teach more than just school. There is a ministry of teaching that God's gonna settle on you that is going to complement the ministry of your husband. And the spirit and the whispers of unworthiness, I take dominion over them right now and loose. The mantle of anointing to teach is upon you right now. Follow his voice. Obey his word, and God will use you greatly. Come on, church. 
You men, come here and stand by this pastor. The Lord spoke to me tonight. You fix and go to another level. Look at me. You can't go by yourself, but you got some men here that's going to support you, and y'all going to take this church to another level. Come on, elder. Gather around this man. There is a mantle of anointing that's going to fall on this ministry team that God's going to use and God's going to street. I'm telling you, it is time for you to let go of everything else. He's excused the inexcusable. Tonight is a night for things to be buried. My God, have mercy. Listen to me. Every person in this room, and I'm closing. Come here, Pastor. I'm going to say this while you standing right by me. Tonight, there are things. Tonight, every person in this room better let go of. Their sins, and you just say, God, I'm giving them to you. There's attitudes and opinions. Let them go. I'm telling you, God came here tonight to forgive everything in this house. Listen to this preacher. He came here tonight to excuse the inexcusable. He came here tonight to restore. He came here to bless. He came here to strengthen. He came here to wash. He came here not to condemn, but he came to heal. He came to deliver. Stand to your feet. I don't care where you pray, but every person in this room, this is the second Sunday of a new year. I want you to wash your heart clean and your mind clean and your hands clean tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless and we hope to see you on the next episode.